0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, brought to you by Ninety Min. As ever, I'm your host Harry Simiyu, and I am joined by a very, very special guest. Returning to the podcast is Talksport presenter, uh, producer, reporter, uh, and a really, really good friend. Most importantly, uh, the brilliant Jake Watson. How are you, mate? Welcome back. Thanks for the introduction. It's very kind of you, Harry. Um, yeah, delighted to be back, mate. I'm very well, thank you. Hope you are too. All good. Can't complain. Things are on the up for the Arsenal. It feels like that anyway. Mm. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll take it while it's uh, while it's coming. We'll enjoy it. We'll enjoy the ride, and uh, I'm sure it won't be too long before it feels like there's a mini meltdown <laughs> again. So yeah, uh, yeah got to enjoy it as it comes. <laughs> uh, but Jake, you are a Leicester man, and I really wanted to get. The Leicester perspective ahead of this game, because it is a big game, I feel, for both sides now. Uh, Very close in the league table at this moment in time, both on the same points. Leicester above Arsenal at the moment in ninth, Arsenal in tenth uh, on goal difference. It's been a little bit of a different season uh, for Leicester City than I think a lot of people expected. I think a lot of people felt that, you know, they just missed out on the top four again last season, that they'd be right up there. And it hasn't really clicked just yet. Um, you know, that's not to say that, you know, we're, we're sitting here from an Arsenal perspective making fun of Leicester because we're not doing it either and we're playing catch up as well. But I just wanted you to provide a little bit of insight as to why maybe this season Leicester seemed to have fallen away a little bit. The form's improved in the last couple of weeks, but what have been the issues that Brendan Rodgers has had to contend with since the start of the campaign?
1: Mm, yeah, no, it's been an interesting one, Harry, because as you, you point out, the last couple of seasons, um, yes, we we've fallen out of the top four on, on the last day of the season on both occasions. But the reality is, is we have started both of those seasons like a train. Um, and we've spent the entirety of the last two seasons in the top four. So the fact that we we've got this far into, into the season already, and, and we've not been in there at any point does actually feel a little bit odd, but um, no cause for panic, uh, no cause for concern, um, you know, trying to pinpoint perhaps why it was a little bit of a slow start. Um I'd, I'd say that, that, that frankly, there was nothing too much deeper than some key players being out of form, Harry. And then a couple of injuries as well. You know, it's, it was nothing really too much deeper than that. You know, the, the, the front three um, and all the, the combination as such in terms of how we were scoring those goals, James Madison and, and Harvey Barnes were on their way back from injuries and weren't, you know, didn't hit the ground running. Uh, Jamie Vardy was, but he was pretty much the only one. And then defensively, we were a bit all over the place and we're still kind of trying to work that out because we've had injuries there, um, key injuries. Johnny Evans now being back is is, is a huge one for us, which has uh, no n- no coincidence that that has been the direct correlation between the last week where we won the last few games with the return of of, of Johnny Evans. So yeah, nothing too much deeper, mate, than uh, you know, a few players being out of form and, and missing a couple of players. Now those players are coming
0: back and, and getting fit. You're seeing the results. So how confident are you that Leicester will be back in the mix for Mm. the European places come the end of the season? I'm trying to do a positive spin um, (laughs) that that clearly we're not the best at being front
1: runners um, for those top four positions. Clearly, when the when the going gets tough and you really hit the crunch for the last 10 games, uh, the players get nervous. I, I don't think you can. You can disagree with that or, or argue against it. I think it's quite apparent that's the case. Maybe we're better chasing. Um, and, you know, I think we will improve as the season goes on. Um, we'll have Wesley Fofana to come back from his injury just after Christmas. James Justin is a huge one for us as well, which uh, the fans are really excited by. He had a, a knee ligament injury. And the two main signings of, of B- Bubakare Sumare and Patson and Dakar have already shown that they're exciting signings and they're good signings and they will improve as, as the season goes on. So um, hopefully that that will see Le- Leicester improve as, as the season goes on. And, and as you said, it's it's been an interesting start for both Leicester and Arsenal. But the reality is, is we're both only a few points off the top four. So I'd quite like the idea of Leicester going under the radar a little bit. But as long as we stay in touch with the top six and the top four,
0: then I'll be happy, mate. Do you sometimes as a Leicester fan have to kind of pinch yourself to think, how far Leicester have come in such a short space of time. And then actually sometimes when you do feel that disappointment, you know, like for example falling out of the top four, you kind of have to look at it and go, well, this is kind of still well, this is still a very good season for us. Is it hard mm. to kind of recalibrate those expectations?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um I'd say yes and no. The reality with, with last season is that if we hadn't have won the FA Cup, um I would have been bitterly disappointed with the way the season ended. But um, for for Leicester to win the FA Cup the first time in their history, you know, throughout a period where it's seen us finish in the top five for the last two seasons and win a Premier League, this is a golden age in in our club's history. So, so yes, there's there's an element of disappointment that it hasn't been even better, but you, you really do enjoy it for 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 what it is. Um, and and then you, you look ahead to to this season, and people ask you know what are your expectations? Well, you know, I think that the big four. Which are the, the current big four, and I, I do keep Manchester United in there. It's pretty difficult for clubs like Leicester to be competing with them because just financially we just we just simply don't compare. Um so for Leicester, if we could finish in the top six or as close as, um, go well in in Europe. Now we've we've made our life a little bit difficult in the Europa League, but we've still got a chance of of getting through. If we could have a brilliant cup run whether it domestically in in the League Cup and in the FA Cup, then the Leicester fans would be happy, you know, to, to be kind of discussed and to be in those conversations of being a top eight, top six football club. I think that's
0: a pretty good place for our football club to be. Yeah, for sure. Lots of people have, you know, praised Leicester over the last few years and rightly so. You know, they've played some wonderful stuff. They've closed the gap on the European places, as you say, or oh, I guess it's it's a sign of how well Leicester have been doing, the fact that you do feel disappointed having, missing out, having missed out sorry, on the top four by the skin of your teeth. Um, there must be something, though, that we can take as Arsenal fans mm. and look at Leicester and say, well, this is a bit of a weakness. And from what I've seen of Leicester this season, and granted it's not been every single week, the centre-back area has looked like an issue. Is yeah. that issue completely resolved by the fact that Johnny Evans is back, or is that still something that you worry about? Oh, it's it's absolutely
1: massive that he is back. Um, it really is because we were all over the shop defensively um, with no Johnny Evans. But he's played three games last week. So whatever problem he has, it's always a foot problem, um, which they can't quite get to, to the bottom of in terms of curing it. I think it's something they manage. But yeah, absolutely huge. So it's, it's a strange one because when Leicester's first choice defensive three of Soyuncu, Evans and Fafana are fit, That's a really good central three and they play well together. And also when you you combine or throw in Harry Wilford and Didi as the shield in front of them, then that's a pretty good protection for for your goalkeeper. But as as I've said previously, Fafana out injured. Evans has been out injured and so is Wilford and Didi. Now, Wilford and Didi is still out injured. So, so kind of through the middle in terms of that protection it's been a bit all over the shop just because personnel has been changing week in, week out. And, and Soyuncu doesn't look the same player when he's not next to, to Johnny Evans. Yannick Vestergaard came in in the summer. And if I'm, if I'm completely frank, um, well, I'm, I'm struggling for any positives, to be honest. He, he hasn't played well at all. Um, he really hasn't. We really thought he would, to be honest. Um, it was kind of what we were crying out for, a big physical central defender. New Kasper Schmeichel, new Ryan Bertrand very well, very experienced in the Premier League. But... He's not played well at all. So so I suspect the the defensive three will be Soyuncu um, and Johnny Evans. And and interestingly, Dan Amati, who has always been kind of on the periphery at Leicester over the last six years. He joined midway through the title-winning season. But he's playing the best football he has since he's been at Leicester and and looks at home on the right side of a a defensive three. Um, So, yeah, we've improved defensively over the last couple of weeks. But if you're Arsenal, you would fancy yourself to score this weekend.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the encouraging things that we found in the game against Aston Villa, especially last week, was that traditionally almost, well, this season anyway, we've really struggled to deal with sides that play with a back three. We've struggled to break them down and we've struggled to defend the width that they have as a result of playing that way. I think against Aston Villa, Mikel Arteta found the formula that better suits us in those types of games. And so I think from a, an Arsenal perspective, there's a there's a lot more confidence, I would say, going into this game than there would have been, let's say, two weeks ago, just because of that systematic tweak, uh, tweak that we've seen uh, from Mikel Arteta. How have you viewed Arsenal in the last you know, couple of months? Because there seems to be some progress. The, the performances haven't always been amazing, but we're unbeaten in eight games now in all competitions. The new look back line looks much more sturdy than previously. So how do you view Arsenal and do you think they're on the right track? I'm really sorry, Harry. I'm not sure if you can hear me, mate, but I've lost your sound. I can hear you, mate. I can hear you. Um, I'm not too sure why you can't hear me. I can hear you. Just uh, pop into the. Uh, hold on, I'll uh, I'll drop you a message. Just I might click have into the. Come out of here. Yeah, come out and come back in. That's fine. No worries. Jake will be back with us in just a second. Technical issues problem when you do a live stream. But yeah, I mean, let me know in the chat what you guys think about that point. Do you feel more confident? Going into the game against Leicester City at the weekend because of the fact that Mikel Arteta seems to have found a a formula in terms of dealing with the back three and the width that that brings and, and therefore pinning the opponents back. I certainly take confidence. Jake, are you back with me?
1: Yeah, sorry. I don't know why I, I completely lost your sound there. I'm sure you made a wonderful point, but I heard none of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, was just, I was just saying, what have you made of Arsenal in the last sort of six to eight weeks? Because yeah we feel like there's been an improvement. Are you seeing that from a more removed perspective? Yeah, no, I am. I mean, to be honest, if you you think back to to the start of the season,
1: um, it wouldn't have taken a huge amount to have improved upon that. It wasn't an ideal start, was it? But just in general, um, I think about Arsenal, and I do think there is clear progress being made. Um, I like the identity in terms of the young players that are coming through bakaya saka and emil smith rower are the two standouts and that's great isn't it to see two players from the academy really kind of make such a stamp on on, on the first team and are, and are really kind of pushing you forward if i'm completely frank again i still think that there should be better and, and bigger progress happening um when you consider the size of the football club i still don't quite see arsenal as as being top four contenders i think that they won't be a million miles away because of the fact they're not playing European football this season. Um, but I still look at the, the the top four. And again, I do include Man United in there. I do see Arsenal still quite a, quite a way off that, but, but progress is being made. And, and I would say again on, on Mikel Arteta last time we spoke, my reservations are, are still there in the sense of, I think he's a really good coach. I think he's a really good guy, but you've got to think about where do Arsenal want to be? And is he at the same level as, as those other managers up there, I'd question. And and I'm not quite sure I see the potential that that he is able to get there. But kind of
0: overall headline
1: in a a really long-winded answer, I do think progress is being made.
0: Yeah, I I think those reservations are fair. I think when you look at somebody like Mikel Arteta, who's yet to do it at this level by himself, there is always going to be that doubt as to whether he can go on and be that manager. One of the things that's kind of really been, sort of brewing in my mind over the last few weeks is that even if it didn't work out with Mikel Arteta, say we got to the end of the season and there wasn't enough progress that had been made and people were looking at it and going, well, you know, we missed out on the top four, which I think we can all say is is likely. You know, I don't expect Arsenal to break into the top four. Like you, I include Man United in it. I think Arsenal have to be aiming for the top six this season. But say we missed out on it. We were there or thereabouts, but we didn't quite make it. And the trigger was pulled on Mikel Arteta. I would still look at a lot of the things he's done at the club in terms of ripping up some of the contracts of some of the Deadwood, moving on players that clearly didn't want to be here, and then facilitating the breakthrough of Smith Rowe, you know, helping Saka go up to the next level, bringing in players to the club of the right age profile, the Ben Whites, the Ramsdales, the Tomiyasus. And I would say that if another manager was then to pick it up and, and be more successful, we still couldn't overlook the work that Arteta's has done. Because I feel like that work stands us as a club in better stead going forward, regardless of whether he's the man to go to that next level. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, it is. And I think basically then the, the job is on the board to, to recognise um, as and when Mikel Arteta has taken Arsenal as far as he can. Now, who knows? as far as he can may be to the top we don't know yet but i draw comparisons and whether arsenal fans like this or not um with what's happened or what has happened at both chelsea and manchester united i mean particularly with with oligone Gunnar solskjaer the guy has received pelters in recent weeks yes the form has been horrific but overall he has been a success at manchester united he's finished them second and third um he's got them to cup finals um in terms of the squad itself got rid of a a lot of deadwooders He's improved that squad a lot. For me now, he's now taken them as far as he can. So the board now needs to be now, now need to be strong and, and make a decision for the good of the football club. With Chelsea and, and Frank Lampard, again, it's it's a club legend and a young guy with with limited experience, like Oli, like Mikel, um, and he did some good work there at Chelsea. But again, they recognised at the time that that Thomas Tuchel was available and thought, well, actually, yes, thank you, Frank, but. There's somebody else who can take us to that next level. And I and I wonder at some point, um, I don't think that point is is anywhere near right now. Um, partly because I don't actually think there's a there's a huge amount of top-level managers out there, uh, particularly who are available. And I think that's the issue again at, at Manchester United. But at some point there there may be a manager who Arsenal think, actually, this is the guy to take us on to the next level. Um but as I said, I don't think that we're anywhere near that process. I think Mikel Arteta still got um, a lot of room for growth, and I think he is still making that that football club improve, which is which is the main thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. I guess for me, the the big worry is even beyond Mikel Arteta. I worry a little bit about the structure at the club in general. Yeah, you know, it is literally Mikel Arteta and Edu in control of all the footballing side of things, and it's as though the club have decided, the ownership have decided that we're going to give the car keys to our club. To you know, two relatively unexperienced guys. And that's where my worry is that yes, you can do a lot of good work, but ultimately if the, the structure is not quite right, there's a ceiling. And we I feel like yeah. we're gonna get to that ceiling quite quickly. Um and, and and that's my concern and my worry and my reservation. But taking it back to Leicester City, um Brendan Rodgers has obviously done a fantastic job there, you know, really good league finishes and FA Cup as well. What's Brendan Rodgers' ceiling with Leicester City for you? Because there Mm. will come a point, won't there, where it does, like with any manager, maybe get a little bit stale. I'm not saying that Leicester are at that point just now, but where do you feel is the kind of ceiling for Brendan Rodgers? Do you think Champions League qualification is a realistic expectation to put on him, or is it just a step too far? It's not a
1: realistic um, expectation to stick on Brendan Rodgers, but it's certainly something that the club is capable of doing. now, if you'd asked me that question a month ago, I would have been a little bit pessimistic with regards to to how far Brendan can take Leicester. Not because of anything to do with Brendan Rodgers, but just because of the quality of of Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, and at the time Manchester United. I was looking at that Manchester United team, you know, after the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo, and I'm sat there looking, well and thinking, well, there's there's no chance Leicester are ever going to finish above Manchester United, you know, and, and that is disheartening, isn't it? As, as a football fan, all you want as a football fan is an opportunity for your football club to win something and, and to be challenging. But the reality is, is Leicester cannot compete. They simply can't. Um, but over the last month, we, we, we've seen cracks at, at Manchester United. And and for me, the longer they keep Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in that position, the more chance that clubs like Leicester, West Ham, Spurs and Arsenal we're thinking actually top 4 actually isn't that ridiculous of a suggestion to to be fighting for this season. So yeah look it's really difficult for Brendan Rodgers. Um and a- again we we see every single big job Harry or, or frankly any job and Brendan's linked with it. Now we had Newcastle the other week and he was he was quickly favorite and then he quickly said he wasn't interested in the job. But I'll be completely honest at the time I was I was a little bit nervous because because I was sat there thinking well how far can brendan take leicester because there is a limit to what he can spend and what he can do i mean leicester as a city is, is a pretty small one you know there is, we're never going to get to the point where we could be selling out 60 70 thousand um which would which would massively boost our income it's just not ever going to happen the city's not big enough to support it so newcastle with 300 billion pounds in a in a in a city which has huge potential i was thinking maybe he'd be looking at that thinking right i've had a wonderful time at leicester I've achieved some great things, but the potential at Newcastle is, is probably higher. So um, I was a little bit surprised that he was so quick to dismiss, to dismiss that job opportunity. But I do think that it's, it's quite apparent and quite clear from, from those actions because we've seen him linked with Arsenal in the past and also Spurs that he's incredibly happy there. Um, And he really is. And you can understand why he would be, but yeah, I, I do wonder what is in his mind in terms of where he genuinely thinks he can take this football club because, if I'm
0: completely honest, I'm not too sure how much higher it is possible. Yeah, I think all, all great points. And, and it's always the case, isn't it? A big kind of power like Newcastle come around. Mm. Uh, it must be 10, I should say. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, you must be thinking as a manager like Brendan Rodgers, if you've got any kind of ambition to go on and win the biggest trophies, you, there must come a point where you think I can't do this at this club anymore. Yeah. Exactly, and, and, and that's no, you know, that's no slight on Leicester. That's no criticism of any of the clubs he's been at at the past. But when something comes like this, and and you know, I think when we look back at when Chelsea got the the investment, they completely changed the landscape of the Premier League, and then yep. Manchester City came along and done it, and now you've got those two plus Manchester United, who are just on a completely different level in terms of what they can spend, and the landscape is is completely different to what it was. 20 years ago you know I was watching the Arsene Wenger film the other day and they were talking a lot about the competition between Arsenal and Manchester United well now it's more difficult than it was back then because now there are three four teams that are capable of reaching those levels and it just becomes you know there's Mm. only one title to win and there's now three or four and and what I'd I'd say as well on on Newcastle in terms of the
1: the Rogers links is I'm actually far more concerned about the players because again, you, you talk about you know, the short careers that, that they have. And you, know, you look at Leicester's players, for instance, Yuri Tielemans, let's just take him a, as an example. He's an outstanding player, Harry, who could play, I reckon, central midfield in pretty much every team in, in Europe. I think he's that good. He wouldn't look out of place playing for anyone. He's got 18 months left on his contract. I suspect he will leave at the end of the season because Leicester won't get in the Champions League. And, and clearly that's what he wants. I would imagine that that Yuri Tielemans would be tempted to go to a club like Newcastle because they can double his money um and within a couple of seasons he could be challenging for something big so so if you play for one of those clubs just outside the big six but you have the capabilities um then newcastle i think you know clubs like leicester that's where they're going to be circling i think that's the clubs they'll be targeting as opposed to 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 the superstars already at big six clubs because why would you leave those clubs because you're already challenging and you're already earning amazing money so you take the next best so i'm more concerned about newcastle trying to nick our
0: players to be honest Yeah, and it's a fair concern to have for sure. Um, For the last few minutes, guys, get your questions in the live chat box and we'll take some of those uh, before we wrap up. Let's take this one from uh, Sooty FM and I'll let you answer this, Jake, because I'm completely biased. It's an Arsenal podcast, I'm going to be. But Sooty FM says, as it stands, (laughs) Arsenal and Leicester are on the same points. Who do you think will finish higher at the end of the season? Uh, It's tough.
1: It is tough because I I do actually still think that, that Leicester are further along. Um, and do have a better team than Arsenal. And I know that may be a little bit controversial, only only, only slightly. Um, I have got a really good feeling about Leicester this season, but I think the, the, the problems for Leicester will come if they get through into the knockout stages of the Europa League. And I think, or I hope, that, that Brendan is really going to target a good run then. And that would probably come at the expense of the Premier League. And with Arsenal, with no European football, it's going to be tight anyway. It really will. And I think that that both Arsenal and Leicester will be inside the top seven. Um, I'm kind of sitting on the fence a little bit here. (laughs) It's really close. It's really close. I I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. Um, I still do think that the Leicester team is marginally better. Um, But I think that there is lots of positives for Arsenal. I think they'll improve as the season goes on. And and as I've said, no European football, I think is going to be a real boost for
0: them, actually. So you've kind of answered Steve's question as well, which is I'm hoping that Leicester will have a quite yeah. long run in Europe. If that was to happen, do you think that will hurt there? I'll be delighted if you
1: it. do, Steve. I'd be delighted if Leicester have a, a you know a, a long run in Europe. And if, if you ask me, what do I want more than anything else? Leicester City to be playing in the, the, the semifinals or something of, of the Europa League. That's pinch myself kind of moment for you, for you guys, you know, at, at times... You know, you don't want to be in the Europa League. Well, I can absolutely assure you that Leicester fans absolutely love it. You know, I'm heading off to, to Napoli in a few weeks to, to watch Leicester and absolutely hoping and praying we get through to the next stage because it just continues the journey. You know, these these things aren't normal for Leicester fans. So if you're going to offer me seventh place or sixth place or the semifinals final of the Europa League
0: with some incredible trips to some some amazing football clubs, I'll take that every single day of the week. Yeah, and that's what football's all about, Jake. It, yeah. it really is. I mean, I used to have this debate with with fellow Arsenal fans back when we were in the Champions League. Remember, we went through that run where every season in the second round, we got Barcelona, yeah. or, Bayern Barcelona yeah. <laughs> or Bayern Munich. And they absolutely thump us because we just weren't at that level. Yeah, And Arsenal fans would say to me, I don't want to play Barcelona. I don't want to play Bayern Munich. Granted, after the first couple of times, it got a bit tedious because you knew what was coming. But for me, one of the most exciting things about being in the Champions League was getting the opportunity to get down to the Emirates and see the Bayern Munichs, the Barcelona's, and the best players in the world. Yep. That was a massive buzz for me. So for Leicester City, you haven't had as many European campaigns. Of course, you're going to enjoy it. Of course, you're going to love it. And I can tell you, Napoli away is is uh, <laughs> one hell of a trip. You're going to love that one. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, really says, uh, Jake, what about Pats and Dakar? Would he start <laughs> for Arsenal if we had him? Now, he's, he's impressed, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because I do think Arsenal's attack needs a player like Patson and Um Ask me in 12 months' time. Uh, I think I think there's still... I wouldn't say the jury's out, but I think he can go one of two ways. I think Patson and could be a genuine superstar or just a very good striker um he's lightning quick and and you've seen he's he's ice cool harry in front of goal his finishing is is outstanding he will score goals um and leicester's front three or three strikers of, of jamie vardy Inacho, and Nacho, and patson dacca i don't think there's much better you know jamie vardy will be the main man he's uh he started the season on fire and Nacho kind of just drops off him I wouldn't say quite plays as a ten, but just drops off and and, and chips him with lots of goals and assists. But but Patson Daka as an option to come off the bench um, or to play in the European and cup games is a is a great option to have. And and he looks a a really nice guy. Do you know what I mean? And 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 the fans have really taken to him already. I'm genuinely excited um, about him. And uh, yeah, I think I think he's going to be great. But I think he has the the genuine opportunity and potential to be a, a real superstar. I think you know over the years Leicester's recruitment has really been lauded. I
0: think we found another gem. I really do. Yeah, he looks certainly looks the part. Uh, Dalisu says, did Madison make the right decision staying at Leicester? Mm-hmm. I don't think was it Madison's decision yeah. though, or, or was it Leicester's?
1: Well, well, we'll never know. We're not sure how far anything got along the lines did anyone actually have to make a decision um i'm not too sure um it's been an interesting season say the last time we spoke it was pretty much about madison wasn't it harry and 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 would he go um i don't think it got that close in the end i do think he would have gone if the money had been right um, and it's been a difficult time for him and and for anyone who who didn't see his post-match interview after the Brentford game at the weekend he scored which was his first goal in in the league since February it'd been a long time um, and it's been a difficult time for him on and off the pitch um, and you could tell how much it had been affecting him and, and he'd said this has been his, his toughest time in football so so Leicester fans in the summer perhaps wouldn't have been hugely gutted to see him leave because his form had been quite bad for for a long time but um, the last few weeks, he's he, he's looking closer back to his best. And uh, you can tell the guy loves football and he's a genuinely nice guy. So I'm, I'm happy he stayed. Um, I'm happy he's getting back to his best. Did he make the right decision? Um, yes, just. <laughs> just just I, because just because I, I, I i'd add to that because emil smith Rowe, because i like him so much and i don't think actually you know there was a little bit of criticism wasn't there in terms of some of the signings arsenal made were they in the right areas i don't think arsenal should have spent 60 million pounds on james
0: madison um when you've got emil smith Rowe there yeah completely agree completely agree um just final question mile high guna says uh, one for jake Are you concerned that LCFC are ending a golden period or are there prospects in the side coming up that you're feeling good about? So I guess to put it in another way, do you feel like the cycle, which has been a really good cycle and it's been a really great period, do you feel like there is some concern about whether that can be almost reignited and and the wheel can be spun again from the beginning? Mm -hmm. Um, It's an interesting one.
1: Because as I've said, historically, Leicester are not a big six football club. Um, Historically, we don't challenge. But um, what you've seen through the years is if a team finds itself batting above its average, usually it's for for a specific reason. Say, for instance, the owner has put in loads of money or they, they find a really good manager. Um, but I think at Leicester now, if, if the owners were to walk away, or the managers to walk away, or Jamie Vardy, say for instance, was to leave, I still think the club would be there or thereabouts because of because of the infrastructure that is now there. Um, yes, it's always going to be difficult to challenge those big six because we don't have the same kind of finances but um last season we we built this training complex which is which is billed as as one of the best in the world and again if if people haven't seen it check it out it it blows my mind every time i see the the leicester players training on it um we've just had um planning approval um for a new stand on on the stadium which would which would add another ten thousand seats to the king power so the football club is growing harry on and off the football pitch um you can see a group of young players a really good manager, wonderful owners. Yeah, it's going to be hard to, to still kind of be there in, in 10, 15 years' time. But right now, I can't see any reason why Leicester can't be, at the very least, the best of the rest, just outside that top six. Good stuff.
0: Um, I said it was the final question. I lied. I've got one more. <laughs> no, go um, on, go on. What's your prediction for the game coming up on Saturday? Of course, it's the early ah. kickoff. I always find early kickoffs really difficult to predict. Yep. Sometimes the atmosphere can be a little bit, I don't know, a little bit flat, a little bit dead. I don't know. Mm. I, I find it a difficult kickoff time to kind of get your head around. What do you think is going to happen at the weekend? How do you see it unfolding?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm casting my mind back to last season. We won one at the Emirates. Um, Jamie Vardy with a late goal and then you beat us 3-1 at, at our place. Um, and the reason that sticks in my mind because it was off the back of Europa League games for the pair of us in in midweek and, and uh, Arsenal were able to make changes and, and Leicester weren't and we looked incredibly tired and we were well beaten on the day. Um, So, and I'm thinking as well over the years, Arsenal have got a pretty good record at, at the King Power. Um, So it's going to be a difficult game. It really is. I think that Leicester are playing very well. We won three times last week. And I think that the atmosphere at the King Power is going to be great. It's going to be a close game. And I'd say both teams to score because we are we are very good at the moment going forward. My concerns, as I've said previously, are defensively. So it, it depends what kind of Arsenal turn up. But the reality is, is as a Leicester fan, I can't come on here and, and predict anything other than a Leicester win. But I, I'll say it's a narrow one and say 2-1 for Leicester. I'm going to go, actually,
0: I'm not going to reveal mine. I'm going to save it for when we do the next podcast. And, and, what, and then you'll tell me that's what you predicted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very wise. <laughs> exactly. Great stuff. Jake, thank you so much, mate, uh, for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. Do you want to let our listeners know how they can follow you, how they can keep up to date with the great work that you do, where you are, uh, et cetera, et cetera
1: yeah um and yeah absolute pleasure coming on harry always enjoy talking football with you um i really do so yeah if anyone wants to follow me on twitter it's jake watson underscore tv um and yeah as harry says my my life is is, is mainly on talk sports so you can hear me ba- basically being paul coit sidekick at five till six on the early sports breakfast on talk sport and then i do a show of my own over on Talksport to eight till nine
0: so yeah it'd be lovely if you if you gave us a listen Make sure you tune in and check Jake out. Give him a follow on social media. We'll drop his social media handle in the description as well. We'll be back very, very soon with more Arsenal and Premier League related content. Uh, Jake, I want to wish you the best of luck after the weekend. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no um, problem. (laughs) We'll catch up very, very soon, mate. Cheers. All the best. Cheers. Thank you, Harry. See you guys.